Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, September 13th, 2020. Coming at you live from the Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington Brig. Pre-game show coming up for game number four. Islanders looking to knot up the series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. We are powered by Go Hockey Media and presented by Oyster Bay Brewing Company, creator of the Born Rocker Session Ale and official partner of the New York Islanders. They're located at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay. Head on down to sample all their fine offerings in the tap room. Open seven days a week with indoor and outdoor seating. We're also sponsored by the Great Blue Line Deli and Bagels, where we are right now. Head on over for great food, great people, and great Islander fans. And don't forget to check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com. Last but not least, we are also sponsored by Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company, providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-7800. They are from Long Island, and even better, they are diehard Islander fans. Huge show coming up right now. We have Shannon Hogan from MSG Network joining us in about 15 minutes. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is Christian Arnold. Christian, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well, Sean. Another exciting show and another big day for Islander fans and Islanders hockey. Big uh, game four coming up today, and it should be a good one. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, they start the series out with that rough game one, as, as everybody wants to forget as quickly as possible. And thankfully, we are well past that, the 8-2 drubbing. And maybe you can just talk a little bit about what happened in that game because, uh, you know, while you expected maybe, a, you know, them being slow out of the gate because of the travel, you know, because of just playing that tough game seven against the Flyers, I don't think anybody expected the, the 8-2 drubbing that, that happened in that game. Yeah, it was the product of a team that was clearly tired. They had traveled very far and very uh, long the day before and on Sunday. They didn't arrive in Edmonton until, Edmonton until probably 5, 6 o'clock at Edmonton time. So uh, it was a long day of travel for the Islanders. And, you know, they looked like a team that had just played in Game 7 the day, you know, two days before that. They had battled hard against Philadelphia to, to win that series. And, and Tampa Bay was rested. They had a lot of time off, obviously. Obviously, between winning their series against Boston and when the Islanders series started with them, so they were rested. They were ready to go, and I mean, it's it's like I said, it's a product of them being tired, and, and it was what it was. I think everyone in that room understood what had happened and that it couldn't happen right. again. And I think you saw that the next game when the Islanders came out much stronger, uh, played much better, and got back to the style of hockey that we're so used to seeing uh, throughout this playoffs. Right, and that's certainly been a theme for this Islanders squad throughout these playoffs. Is even when they have a rough out, a rough go. You know, a disappointing loss. I mean, obviously, that was the first one of that magnitude. Yeah. But they always seem to find a way to bounce back, play their game, and which they did in game two. I mean, look, you look back now, and, and it's funny, but they, they might have been a bad icing away from, from having a two to one series lead right now. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you look at the power play after not converting on the five minute major, not converting on the five on three. I mean, that's pretty much the story now. But. You know, it's just it, it bothers me. I'm sure it bothers Islander fans watching these games where, you know, you're in this type of situation. You're playing against a tough team like Tampa, and 
you got you got Dev- Devontae's trying to you know get that get that puck deep. All he has to do is take that extra step, absorb a hit, and we're not talking about a one-one tie with what a minute and a half to go in yeah. that first period, and yeah. then maybe maybe that that game takes on a completely different tenor, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's always going to come down to a lot of what ifs when you when you look back at some of these things and look. The Islanders they're they're played very well, but this is a Tampa Bay team where if you make a mistake, if you make an error, they're going to exploit it. And we've seen it throughout the series. You know, yeah, um, it's something you just cannot do. I mean, equally as heartbreaking, more heartbreaking, obviously, was the the game winner with the eight point eight seconds left in the game there yeah. in game two. So certainly the I mean, because the Islanders played a very good. game. Game, except for that last 30 seconds where they just looked very sloppy. They were chasing the puck, and, um, you know, they got caught flat-footed, and they made a mistake. And, um, you know, Andy Green, who's been phenomenal the entire playoffs, certainly with the with the bad giveaway and then obviously some of the, right. uh, I would say, missed defensive assignments in front of the net, too, that allowed for that goal to happen as well. So, uh, I, I mean, a bad, you know, a bad 30 seconds overall cost the Islanders – you know, potentially – I mean, they could have lost in overtime that game, too. But, you know, cost them cost them for sure – there in that last 30 seconds of the of game too. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's funny. You talk about that bad 30 seconds at the end of the game, and, and I think I noted it on Twitter too. It seems like any time the Islanders have, you know, fallen away from the system, they make that, that one mistake here, one mistake there, they just pay dearly for it. Yeah, I mean, even last series we saw it against Philadelphia yeah, exactly. and, and Washington. Um, I, I mean, that's the thing. The Islanders, it's those little mistakes that are going to cost you. And I think especially at this time of year when you're playing teams like, you know, the Capitals, the Flyers, the Tampa Bay Lightning, who, you know, above and beyond it, uh, were phenomenal all season and they've carried that into the postseason. Um, you're going to see that, and you're going to see that you're not going to be able to get away with those little mistakes that maybe you get away with when you play um, – I mean, we're we're looking at the TV, so my first instinct is to say like a Vegas or something, a team you don't see often. <laughs> but basically, what I'm saying is you, you're not going to get away with that uh, when you're playing very, very good teams, especially this time of year, because you know Tampa Bay is not in this spot by accident. They are uh, a team that defeated you know the President Trophy winning Boston Bruins, who right. are phenomenal all season as well. So it is they are going to take advantage of those little mistakes, and the Islanders have to make sure they they don't make them, and then. Uh, on the flip side of that, too, the Islanders and their inability sometimes to take advantage of their own chances, right? Game two may be the game of missed opportunities for the Islanders when you look back on it, uh, you know, going forward. This was a game where they had plenty of chances, uh, you know, a few too many passes, trying to be too cute on the power play, you know, not scoring on the, on the, on the man advantage. So it's, these, it's kind of a combination of you can't make mistakes, and then when you have those opportunities, you have to find a way to capitalize. The Islanders cannot go 0 for, I think, what was it, 0 for 5, 0 for 6 in that second game? Yeah. Because um, you're not, just not going to win a hockey game that way, especially no, against sure. a team like Tampa Bay. No, without question. I mean, those are opportunities you have to take advantage of. And, and it's not only that, but you have Kalorn being out the rest of the game yes. you know, because of the misconduct. He takes the five-minute major. You have Braden Point that's not yes. in the game. So they, and they have a short bench already as far as the forwards go because they, they elect to address seven defensemen. So it was a real opportunity to, to knock the series up at 1-1. And then again, you know, assuming that game three still plays out the way it did, you know, we might be looking at a 2-1 series lead for the Islanders right now, which, which is a shame. But look, you can't look back. But, but you know, I want to key on what you just brought up about the power play and stuff like that and, and the missed opportunities. And look, there has there's there's kind of a fine line between that that shoot 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 mentality, right? <laughs> that that fans seem to always have, right? As soon as somebody gets the puck on their stick, they want to see the puck going towards the net. Now, obviously, you have to pick your spots. You got to make sure you get some traffic in front. You got you got to make sure you got somebody there for the rebound. So it's not it's not as simple as just always firing all pucks on net. Right. But you're absolutely right that they did they did get a little too cute here and there. 
and there were some, and, I'm, and I guess I'm picking on this guy, you know, <laughs> early in the early in the show here. But Devontae, he has a perfect opportunity, high slot, plenty of room, and he elects to to pass the puck off to the side. It leads to nothing. Whereas he had bodies in front. I believe he had Lee and Barzell in front of the net on, on this power play opportunity. And he elects to pass instead of shoot, and it's just one of those missed opportunities where you say that could have led to a goal. Look at look at all the the goals from the point that the opposition have been scoring, particularly since the Flyer series, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you see what happens when you throw pucks to the net. <laughs> yeah, it's and they and they talked about it after the game. It was you know we have to get you know we have to shoot the puck more. We have to get the rebounds. The rebounds are tougher to to make those saves on, and and I think you kind of saw that transition into Game Three where the Islanders got back to where they, they've played for a better part of the postseason, even um, extended a little bit from where, where they were playing in game two. And it was an interesting game. Donnie and I were talking about this, the game before the show about the kind of the chaotic nature of it. And it was actually seems to kind of benefit the Islanders when it, when it takes this, this, this turn. Because you look at the past couple series and you look at the games that the Islanders have won, and they usually follow this script or some similar facsimile, uh, you know, some facsimile of it. And that is... You know, first period that's a little both ways. You know, first five ten minutes they weather a storm, they get things going. The second period they dominate, and then the third period is just total chaos. Um, and we saw plenty against Philadelphia. We saw plenty against Washington, and then you saw it the other night against Tampa Bay in the third, where you know the again the Islanders weathered the storm. Tampa pushed back a lot in that third period. They t- you know obviously they tied the game, and right. then the Islanders turn on and they find that that extra push or whatever it is and then you know we talked about it too you know a, a extreme extent in the first couple series about the islanders ability to withstand and be comfortable in uncomfortable situations and that is a perfect example of what um you know barry trotz talks about when he wants his guys to be uncomfortable or comfortable in uncomfortable situations the islanders with their backs against the walls a little bit there you know they let the two goal lead slip away and then just like that they find that extra push they find that you know, extra, you know, whatever you want to call it. And they bear down and they, they score twice um, and they show a little they show a little fight there and they get the big goal. So, I, I mean, that's that's the, the way the Islanders have been winning these games. And, you know, it's it's certainly not uh, – I'm, I'm sure if you have a heart problem, you probably shouldn't be watching as an Islander <laughs> fan. But right. uh, it's, it's certainly it's been a tough. lot of fun to watch for, yeah. for, other, for everyone else. No, for sure. And, and I think we've really seen – I, almost every scenario now where, you know, as a fan, you might be looking at how a game might have gone and be like, wow, I wonder how they're going to bounce back after this, right? How are they going to bounce back back after an 8-2 to two devastating loss? How are they going to bounce back after dropping that game, too, where it looked like they were kind of on their way to a win, even yeah. if it had to come in overtime, right? Because they were controlling that game for the most part. And you look back in the Flyer series, right, and you have those heartbreaking overtime losses. And in every one of these scenarios – the team has been able to bounce back and put a strong effort out. Yeah. You know, even in game two after the A2 loss, even though they didn't get the win, they came back, they played a great game. They, they probably deserved better. And then they have that heartbreaker at the end. They come back in game three, they take care of business, and they win. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a testament to, once again, to this coaching staff and also to the players because they're able to, you know, have short memories when it comes to this stuff. Put, this, put these games behind them. Yeah. And, and they... they put out a better effort the next time around. So, you know, I, they're definitely battle-tested at this point. I don't think anything's going to phase them. So as long as they keep themselves focused and they keep to their system, they keep playing smart, and just as play as mistake-free hoppies, hockey as you can. Because, again, <laughs> it just seems like anytime there is a breakdown, the puck ends up in the back of their net. And against a team like Tampa, like you said, you just can't give them too much, too much space to make things happen. So they got to play another tight game here today. 
And, you know, if they do, we might be looking at a 2-2 series tie, pal. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I'm curious to see the way they start. Obviously, too, the, or the earlier start than normal that they've had in the last, uh, really since probably the first game of the, the last round, right? I mean, I, they haven't played an afternoon game in a while this, this time Right, yeah, the last time which I is, think, which is interesting. Yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a minute. So at least it's not a noon start. Well, technically, <laughs> technically for them, I think it is a noon start. That's a good point. Yes, yeah, no, at least, it is. Very yeah. least at one p.m. So I don't right. know what the time difference is, but obviously, right. no, it you're is. right. So it, that's that's an interesting factor too. And I, I, you know, we talked about it in past shows about the earlier starts when they were in Toronto. I'm curious to see how it. it, it plays out now because obviously the time difference in adjusting to your new city since uh, traveling from the Toronto bubble now to the Edmonton bubble. Right, right, for sure. say the word bubble, it'd be great too. (laughs) You're doing great, Christian. You're doing a great job. (laughs) All right, folks, we want to thank you for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York. Remember, you can tune in live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, Shannon Hogan from MSG Network will be joining us. You have a lot of choices when it comes to great beer, and Oyster Bay Brewing Company provides the best Long Island has to offer. Oyster Bay Brewing Company is dedicated to producing the highest quality beer while staying true to their nautical history on the Gold Coast of Long Island. They're the creators of the renowned Barn Rocker Session Ale and an official partner of the New York Islanders. Whether it's the crisp Barn Rocker, smooth honey ale, savory IPA, or gluten-free hard seltzers, Oyster Bay Brewing Company has an option for everyone. Located at 36 Audrey Avenue, the taproom is open seven days a week with indoor and outdoor seating, so you can experience all of Oyster Bay Brewing Company's excellent selections right in historic Oyster Bay. You can also shop online at oysterbaybrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or have your order shipped anywhere in New York. And if you use coupon code HNINY at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery. The only thing better than a great Long Island deli is a great Long Island deli run by diehard Islander fans. Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington will make any Islander fan feel right at home with its familiar blue and orange theme and Isles decor. Blue Line Deli and Bagels proudly serves Bagel Boss Bagels along with breakfast favorites, hockey-themed heroes, quesadillas, salads, fresh-made smoothies, and much more. So stop on in for delicious food, a clean atmosphere, and a happy staff ready to greet you with friendly service no matter what team you support. Want to place an order for pickup? Call 631-944-3222 or visit bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order online. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, where the great selections will have you saying, yes, yes, yes. Did you have a nice break? Well, it's time to get back on the couch for more Islanders Therapy with Shawnee and C. Arnold on Hockey Night in New York. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. Joining us right now from MSG Network is Shannon Hogan. Shannon, thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? Hi, how are you? I love it. It's Hockey Night in New York, and I'm like... You know what? It's a, it's a matinee game. It's hockey day, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We didn't have time to change the title. but <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> but here we are. Pre-game show, Isles versus Lightning. Game four. Islanders looking to tie it up here. And, Shannon, just wanted to start with you because, obviously, for a lot of people, for a lot of Islander fans, and, I, and for yourself, 
This is the first time that the Islanders have been in the Eastern Conference Finals for a very long time. And obviously it's been a very unique experience for everyone, especially yourself, uh, working these games because of the climate that we're in. So maybe you can just start by talking a little bit about your experience covering the team and, and how exciting it's been for, for the Islanders and their fans uh, getting to this far into the playoffs. Well, first of all, I have to say, you guys, tell me that you have not thought about what this would be like at the Coliseum today. Because I thought about that driving into the city today, and I was thinking, oh, my gosh, people would have been tailgating at, like, 6 in the morning. Oh, yeah. and the, the, building, <laughs> the, the roof would have just blown off the building. But you know what? I think everybody knows where we are in this climate, and I think we're grateful to have hockey to watch and enjoy and be a part of. And um, for me personally, just being able to continue to cover the team and work with our great MSG Networks um, crew, it's been awesome. You know, I mean, it's something that we were hoping the Islanders would continue to, you know, make a push and would continue to, you know, improve over years. And no one really would have known what we would have been in for, um, you know, starting this reboot of the NHL. And I think it just proves that this Islanders team, when they kind of all play together, can really play with the best of the best in the NHL. Shannon, it's funny. I actually have had that thought a couple times, just what it would have been like to be in the building for some of these games, especially at the Coliseum. And honestly, I feel like you've been a little spoiled with the, with coming into coverage <laughs> for this team. I mean, there's a lot of us who've, who've covered a lot of bad Islanders hockey, Shannon. You've, I think you've had maybe four playoff series since since you got, got to uh, MSG? Yeah, you know, I don't want to stand good luck <laughs> or anything, you guys. But I will say, if you look at my track record when I was in Detroit, before I came here, certainly the Red Wings were still on their run. And they had, you know, 25 consecutive playoff appearances. And, and uh, the, uh, the Tigers, you know, had been deep into the playoffs. The Pistons, we just, you know, we just put that as a, an aside there. But I came here and it was funny because, uh, you know, the Islanders that first year was supposed to be the last year at the Coliseum. And, right. and the team was, like, so exciting to watch. And everybody kept saying that to me. They're like, come on, it's been a couple of years. And, you know, I think a lot of the core players that you guys talk about on a regular basis are players that have been in the system a long time. And, you know, we just had Lou Lamorello being named GM of the year um, on Saturday. But you have to tick your cap a little bit to Garth Snow because you did draft sure. a lot of these guys. <laughs> that have been a big, big part of where this team is and how well they're doing. By the way, A.J. Molesco has just walked into our green room with six pizzas. <laughs> because we're, by, we're getting – so if I was scrambling before, A.J. and I are doing pizza for our crew today because it's a bad day. And it was just a very funny image to watch That's her walking awesome. in with like, pizzas in her hand. But, yeah, you know, I mean, this is – this is something I feel very fortunate to be a part of, of the coverage, and I know you guys feel the same way. Um, and the fans deserve it. They've been there through and through for this yeah. team, and there were some some down years, and, and that's why I think the players have such respect, even though they're in the bubble. They know how pumped up everybody is. On Long Island, in the metro New York area, all over the country, they know how excited everybody is, and they want to be able to deliver for themselves as well as for the for the fans. Talking with Shannon Hogan from MSG Network. Shannon, it's funny. I don't think I've seen this many Islander flags on Long Island and this many people coming up to talk to me about Islanders hockey in a long time. But for you mentioned a lot of those guys who have been there for a long time. For the guys like Josh Bailey, especially, um, who you know he's a lifelong Islander through and through. 
How much do you think this 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 run means to uh, some of those guys who, who, like you said, they've they've been through the good years and they've been through the bad years? Okay, quickly on that other note of having people come up to you with Islander <laughs> stuff, I was I was actually out. We were out to dinner. I don't know where we were. Out to dinner or something. And my parents are in town from Michigan, and my dad saw somebody walk by with, like, an Islander's mask. He was like, yeah, go Islanders! (laughs) And it was so funny because my brother had to remind him that they weren't in Detroit. Like, everybody's an Islander's fan. (laughs) It's not like you just saw somebody with, like, an Ohio State or a Michigan shirt. Like, he's not an Islander's fan. Um, but yeah, as, as far as Brock, as far as um, Josh Bailey goes, you know, I know he is somebody who you don't necessarily, you don't know him that well. He seems very even keel. He doesn't really show his emotion that much. But I know how proud he is to call Long Island home. You know, they have kids. He, he and his wife, Megan, just welcome their third child. He, their kids are part of the community. They're at the games. They're, you know, they're ingrained in this Islanders culture. And Josh himself has done some growing over the years into not only just a leader for this team, but really being a big part of where the franchise has gone and, and their continued growth. And so I think for him, it's personal. It's not just, a, you know, playing for the crest on your jersey. It's playing for your teammates. It's playing for the fans. And I think he takes a lot of pride in that. And even though you don't always see the most emotion out of him, he is somebody that is very, very proud of calling Long Island home when he's here and, uh, and you know, raising his kids in an area that is so passionate about their hockey team. No doubt about it, Shannon. And just to, to key a little bit on what's happening now with the Islanders, they're down 2-1 to one against the Lightning. Big game today, obviously, with a chance to tie the series. Uh, what have you seen so far out of the Islanders against the Lightning? Maybe even by comparison as they've kind of, you know, trudged through this return to play and, and going through Florida, going through Washington, then Philadelphia. Uh, how have they stacked up against the Lightning to you? And, and what do you see uh, going forward for the series for the Islanders? Well, I think no doubt this is definitely the toughest matchup the Islanders have had so far. You look at the way that they played against the Flyers and the ability, you know, to close out that series when they had a couple of chances. The way that they played that game seven against the Flyers, I thought if they played that way the rest of the way that they could go all the way to the finals. And the difficult part is being able to put a game together like that, which was one of my friends had mentioned it was almost surgical, the way that they were able to just get through that game. We've seen flashes of that so far this year, but they haven't had a full 60 minutes of that kind of play that I think was so exciting when Butch and AJ were talking about it on our pregame show. Um, I think Tampa is a team that has some serious firepower. And the way that they were able to kind of um, you know, keep Kucherov in check the last game, they're going to have to do more of that. And, you know, we're still waiting to find out if, if Braden Point is going to be, a, you know, a factor in this game coming back in. But he's another guy that it's really tough to contain. So I think a lot of it has to do with how the Islanders are able to attack this game. I know that they want to have a better start than they did in game two, and I would look for that. And But if they're able to close out the games like they were um, against the Flyers, the third period against the Flyers series was so strong. They need those kinds of third periods. And it was really exciting to watch Brock Nelson come back in game three and really the way that the team responded after the game was tied. I think says a lot about this group, but I think this is a battle. I don't, I don't see this as a series that's going to be done in just a couple of games. I see this going the distance for sure. 
This is Hockey Night in New York, live from the Blue Line Deli and Bagels in Huntington, New York. On the line with us is Shannon Hogan from MSG Networks. And Shannon, you mentioned the physicality of this series. I think the one thing that's been probably the most surprising to me is just how physical and how uh, a little bit nasty it's gotten. I mean, of all the teams the Islanders have played, this is not the one that I thought this would this tone would take uh, with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, but you know what? They they do what they have to do to to get a series done. And I think they've realized by playing that physical kind of game, Butch has mentioned it a couple of times in our coverage, they typically doesn't like it. You can tell that they're, they're not liking that style. So if that's what you have to do to kind of make this a gritty series, that's what you have to do. And I think you heard it from Adam Pellick in the post-game conference and even in the off days. That's what this Islanders team, they're, they're looking to finish their checks. They're looking to be aggressive. And I think we can expect more physical play as the series goes on. And, you know, it's the playoffs. The deeper you get, the chippier it's going to right, be. The right. more smack talk you're going to have, the more emotional the players become. There's a lot on the line. No question, Shannon. And, you know, you talked about Josh Bailey before, and there's certainly been a lot of heroes for this New York Islander team throughout these playoffs, just the way the scoring's been spread out. you got guys like Brock Nelson, J.G. Pajot having tremendous playoffs here. Is there anybody that really stood out for you, you know, over the course of these playoffs that just, uh, you know, maybe hasn't been celebrated as much in the media or throughout these games that, that's just kind of stood out for you that's had a big role for the Islanders here? Well, I, you, I think you just touched on the key ones there. I think Josh Bailey is someone who definitely flies under the radar. Um, but but looking also leadership-wise, I think Anders Lee. I, I think in the first couple of games in the qualifiers, we weren't seeing the best Anders Lee that he can be on the ice. And I think he really took it to another level. And I think he's been an unbelievable um, leader for them, both off the ice and on the ice, since you started wearing the C, but really I've kind of noticed it in, in the postseason. And, you know, he's not he's not afraid to drop the gloves if he needs to. He's not afraid to do whatever he needs to do to help this team. And I think that he's kind of one of those unsung heroes for the Islanders so far this postseason. Shannon, you mentioned some of the unsung heroes talking about Anders Lee. I think one of the other ones, obviously, uh, he's gotten a lot of praise, so maybe not unsung, but J.G. <laughs> Pajot and just uh, oh, yeah. everything he's contributed. I, I kind of want to get your thought on this because I've had this thought. I've never really um, articulated it to anyone, but it, oh, depending boy. on how the Islanders, <laughs> this series go and how far the Islanders go, is it almost a little bit fair to equate acquiring J.G. Pajot as acquiring Butch Goring oh, back boy. in the 80s? Oh, unless they win four cups, I don't think we're <laughs> yeah. going to think so. A little early for that. So, but it's, it's very early. But you know what? JG um, fit seamlessly into this Islanders group, and I think you saw that since the reboot. He had an opportunity to kind of settle in with their camp and and get to know the guys off the ice a little more. It's always tough whenever you're, you know, a trade line or, you know, a trade deadline acquisition. But, um he is an X factor for this Islanders team, and you know what? He's been a little quiet this series. So I think when you're looking at players to kind of get back on the score sheet and be, um, you know, kind of dominant, I'm looking at, at JG to do that. I thought he did a good job centering that fourth line with Zizekas out. We'll have to see what happens for uh, the start of game four, but he's been really, really impressive, and I think maybe a little bit of a pleasant surprise for Islanders fans who thought, oh, I don't know, we know he's coming from Ottawa, but is he worth this kind of money? Is he worth this kind of contract? So far to me, so far so good. <laughs> yeah, without question, Shannon. I think, uh, I mean, obviously there's six years to go to get the full slate, but <laughs> so far so good, especially in these playoffs, he has been as advertised. And Shannon, I just wanted to take it over to 
just the job that MSG Network has done covering the New York Islanders, obviously including yourself, and, and what a great staff from, from Brendan Burke, Butch Goring, yourself, AJ, and Jennifer on. But, but more specifically, I mean, how, how has it been for you just being part of a, a broadcast team that's, that's introduced a, a lot of women into the team, obviously with Jennifer and AJ coming in? And just talk a little bit about that with, with MSG almost kind of leading the charge here and getting more women involved in, in covering hockey. Well, there's a lot of smart women in the business, so I'm very proud to be a part of what MSG has deemed as important for the fans to experience. And and just taking the male-female thing out of it, I mean, AJ and Jennifer both have incredible credentials. And, um, you know, I've been working with AJ for the postseason and Butch. And um, Brendan was in for, you know, the beginning part of it in a couple games as well. And, like, we really have a fun group. We have a lot of fun together. We realize how lucky we are to have such great jobs with MSG and, and great jobs where we get to call hockey. Butch says hi, by the way. Just walked by. We're getting ready for our um, pregame um, <laughs> meeting here in our studios. You know, and it was different. And I think the big thing is you really have to tip your cap. The fans at home have an opportunity to see us because we're on air, but they're not seeing how much work goes on behind the scenes. And our, from our producers and our directors and our graphics coordinators and the camera operators and people who are really, you know, coming in to make sure that the show gets on the air and it looks as good as possible with, you know, restrictions that we're dealing with from with COVID and, and the league. Right. And I think that they've done an amazing job at making this broadcast feel like an MSG broadcast so that the fans at home feel connected. And it's been so much fun doing the pre-games and the post-games. And we try to tell everybody, hey, I know the games are on NBC or NBCSN or over on USA, but if you can switch over, come back for post-game <laughs> because it's the people that you know and love. Right. And people that you know and love and and we want to be a part of that experience with you guys in the postseason too absolutely and and speaking of having fun there's obviously that fantastic video that you guys released of yourself and aj trying to emulate the butch goring dance uh which i think you both did a very (laughs) admirable job um did anybody get crowned the winner in that competition (laughs) um i think aj has was self-proclaimed she said she has no rhythm (laughs) <laughs> I think she does have And that video, by the way, was was from our, our social media coordinator here, was getting it off the line. So, you know, like we do our run-throughs and stuff before we're on air. We could actually see Butch in our monitor, and so we were kind of busting Butch's chops. That's excellent. But you couldn't see him. You couldn't. So we just looked like we were doing, like, the Elaine. Like, we were, you know, we were doing it. We were in an episode of Seinfeld, the MSG edition. But really, it kind of stemmed from Butch is such a good about things you know so we're we're really lucky that he's a good sport about it we had a lot of fun and and you know what i can tell you what i can all but guarantee that we will make butch do that dance if they win the cup (laughs) this year dancing for a half an hour (laughs) we absolutely need that and shannon i can't let you go without mentioning this last part here. We are live from the Blue Line Deli and Bagels in Huntington, and Donnie will, would not let us finish this interview without saying, when are you coming down to Blue Line? He's waiting for you to show up. Oh, you guys, I came, and what? I even called in my order with my name. I was like, it's Shannon, I'm going to come and pick it up. And no one said anything, and I felt weird being like, hi, it's Shannon. <laughs> oh, like, no. So I didn't, I didn't say anything. And we brought our sandwiches to the beach, and my daughter loved it. And we had um, 
know what the what the name of the one was, but it was like some kind of Reuben. It was delicious. But if you want to have a whole thing, I'm down with it. I, I'm I'm happy to, <laughs> happy to accommodate for that. But yes, I will as soon as as soon as I get a second to breathe, I will be by. And I appreciate all that they are doing for the fans and for the excitement around the playoffs. You guys are doing a great job. That's fantastic. Well, Shannon, awesome, awesome stuff. Really appreciate your time. Really hey, appreciate you guys. One more thing. Yeah. One more thing. First of all, enjoy the rest of the postseason. Second of all, Islanders fans, pre and post game show on MSG Plus, <laughs> a half an hour before puck drop. It's 2.30. I know football is back. I see everybody with their Jets jerseys on. But come on. Tune in for half an hour. Join AJ and Butch and I. We're going to have a lot of fun. You heard it, folks. Shannon, thank you so much. Really appreciate Thanks. it. And enjoy the rest of the playoff right. run, and we hope to have you on again soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. Take care. All right, folks, that was the great Shannon Hogan from MSG Network giving us some time here to talk Islanders, to talk Islanders bolts, and to talk to Butch Goring Dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could not have that conversation That's without bringing that up. That was, that was, I kind of forgot about that. It was, that was a good question, Sean. Well, I appreciate that, buddy. It and doesn't happen I try often, to come but, you prepared. Know, <laughs> I try that to was come good. Pre- well, look, I mean... Well, it was good because you made up for showing up uh, showing up late to our call time here. So <laughs> you, you, hey. you were prepared, so I'll give you that. You showed up late. All right. Makes better, sense. Better late than never, as they say. But, uh, yeah, I have to say, I, I love seeing that video when it came <laughs> yes, up. Yes, I was dying. Uh, you know, and it is a testament to just, you know, what a great crew that they have and, and how much fun that they're having. And the fact that they can all clown around and joke around and... and and what a good sport Butchie is and everything like that. So, I mean, we had Brendan on here a couple of weeks ago as well. And just a great team, a great staff over there at MSG Network. And like Shannon said, don't forget, you can catch them 30 minutes ahead and after each game for pre- and post-game coverage. So, great stuff. So, Christian, the train rolls on. We're just about two and a half hours away from puck drop on mm-hmm. game four. A lot of excitement in the air, and as everybody's been saying, it is now a series. Yes. So now I want to kind of throw these questions towards you, and basically, what have you seen out of the first three games? I guess you can kind of by comparison, right? And as Shannon said, this is probably their toughest, and I would have to agree. Oh, yeah. And I think we kind of equated... Each series is like the next boss, right? In yes, the, that in was the you. They, and we didn't. You equated yes, it. Yes, but you, you I've agreed because it was a brilliant idea. Yeah. I did, <laughs> and I've stolen it and made it my own ever since. Right. So, so now they're they're at the the the, the semi boss level, right? This is it before the big one. Yeah. This and this is this is a tough one too. When you when you look at the the team that Tampa Bay has, even without, well, I mean, you look at Game Three, even without Killorn, even without Braden Point, the Tampa Bay Lightning still have plenty of weapons on that roster, and they absolutely. Um, are dangerous night in, night out, whoever is in there. I mean, Victor Hedman, who um, it's funny, you look back in history in, in 09, and, you know, he was drafted third overall, behind, you know, he, or um, was it second overall or third overall that year? He was second overall. Second overall, but still, was third. but he was, not, he was not necessarily in the high positioning when people were talking about Duchesne and Tavares, as far as Islander fans went. They were um, the big three. They were, but my point being is when you look back at it, <laughs> Victor Hedman has had the best career of the three of them. When you, when you look at the success that he's had yeah. with his team, yeah, um, true. I mean, it helps too. You, you know, you go to Tampa Bay, you have Steven Stamkos there. Yeah, quite I the mean, that supporting team just, cast. Yes, that's, yeah. but, but I mean, he's, he's done it himself. And you look at the um, contributions that he's had, uh, not only in the series, but in the playoffs. I mean, that's huge to have from the blue line with such a powerful shot like that. Um, he he, he does at, it all. He does. And then, big body, plays physical, yeah. 
great on the defensive side too. I mean, it's really. Yeah. Not... I love how that's the third thing too down the line. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Oh yeah, and he plays pretty good defense too. Aside from just being a dominant player in the offensive zone. Right. Yeah. No. Look. He... <laughs> I mean, and then you you look at um, Vasilevsky and Net for the for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, he's been phenomenal. He just on fire, lights out, reads the puck really well, makes the big saves. Right. Um, exactly what you need in. Um, a goaltender for for that caliber of team, and then you, you look at the the roster up front. I mean, the Tampa Bay Lightning have a powerful roster, and then once you put Killorn back in, once you put Braden Point back in, um, that is a roster that already stacked just just takes it up a notch. And this is a, this is going to be a dogfight, and this is going to be a tough one for the Islanders. This is you know this is this is everyone's you know picked the Islanders to win in seven a couple you know last series, the series before that, right? Um, or, or you know the other teams to win in, in five or six. But this is the one that, I, you know, if there's a series that goes seven, this is this is the one that's guaranteed. You you could feel it in your bones before the series, and now seeing the tone it's taken, seeing the um, the strengths on both sides of, the, of these rosters, and then seeing um, just the physicality now that, that the games have and the and the dislike that these two teams have for each other. Now, I know J.G. Pajot tried to play it down a little bit the other day, right. and I got a kick out of that. He didn't take the bait, and I respect it. But at the same time, <laughs> You know, you don't lose your stuff like that um, on Kucherov and not come away with it going, wow, I really dislike these guys, and I really <laughs> do not – I really just want to hit one of those guys hard into the board. Well, so, yeah. I mean, you know, I credit, you know, Pajot for kind of keeping a level head in the post game and, and guys trying to defuse that. But mm-hmm. you can certainly get that sense now that this is uh, – this series has taken on a much more uh, – personal tone a little bit. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought it up during the interview with Shannon because, just like you, very surprised that this kind of has, has ended up being the series that's most chippy for the Islanders. I mean, you look at you know teams like Washington and, Flo- uh, and Philly. Yeah, teams and they have a history with. with. Without question, and also just because they have big bodies that, you know, you kind of expect that sort of thing yeah. from, right? So here comes Tampa, more known for their skill. And, and granted, they have kind of um, beefed up a little yes. bit, you know, <laughs> picking up guys like Maroon and such. But... I really am surprised by the level of physicality, but also the chippiness, especially coming from the Tampa side. I feel like they're the ones that have been driving it, and it's the Islanders that have kind of had to respond to it. And that started early in in Game 1, and it really has has been a theme ever since then. And, you know, you look at what happened with with Kalorn in Game 2, right? You look at what happened with with the, the major... And and his game misconduct, and then and then even the play afterwards. Now I, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but what was your what was your feeling on, on the hit from Killorn, and then obviously the cross check from uh, Barclay Goodrow later on in that game on on Brock Nelson. I think both of them were worthy of of major penalties. To be honest with you, I yes. mean especially the Killorn hit, no question about it. And and it makes you wonder: Is it just because it was redundant, and that's why they didn't call the second one? Like it's it's a very interesting. Like I, I'd love to get into the psych. Of a referee, and, and I know Kerry Frazier's been great ever since he retired, where he's kind of been revealing some more trade secrets now that he's not working for the league anymore. Right. But you have to wonder, you know, why, why a play like that doesn't get called? Because it's, it's a clear cross-check. Again, once again, Brock Nelson's head is, is in the middle of it, right? He ends up taking another knock off the glass. He ends up yeah. going down. There's no call at all, not even two minutes. And is that something because the refs missed it or the refs legitimately thought it wasn't a play to call? Or was it because they already assessed a five-minute major to and they said, look, we can't let this you know, be it, too much? It was interesting because I thought, I mean, 
I was talking with Donnie before the show about this, but I thought the Goodrow hit was the more it was egregious worse. one yes. because it was so uh, it was so vicious in the nature because it was very obvious what he was doing. It was like you could argue Kalorn was coming in and he was just trying to finish his right. check. Clear it was a, it was clear yeah, it was intent. a bad. But there's very like you said, there's very clear intent when Goodrow goes in, he hits him. He doesn't like what he, you know. He doesn't like they didn't give up the puck or whatever, and then he just whacks him right in the back of the head. And, right. the, and having already gone off and had to go through protocol at that right. point, right? That to me is just even more vicious because you, like I said, you know what you're doing. You know that this guy is hurt. He went down. He was clearly tested for a head injury, and right. then you're going to go back and do it again and target that specific part of the body. That's why I was surprised that that didn't get at least a look by the league, or there wasn't a penalty. And I think that's what me. That's why Islander fans, and that's why Matt. Martin went after him in right. Game Three right. because I think there was a real sense of you know what are you doing here? That's uh, I mean you can kind of okay the Kalorn hit wasn't was it was dangerous. You could call it dirty if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a bad hit without a, without question. Right, and I but it wasn't the intent wasn't there to hurt someone. You could argue very easily that the intent was yeah there he for was Goodrow well aware of what happened to him before, just like you said. And and again, look, I don't envy the the job that referees have to do. It's obviously a very difficult job, and it's a very fast game. There's a lot of things going on. That's why they got two of, two referees out there now instead of one, like the old days. But you know, I, I just again, I'd love to know what the what the mindset is because you know it's the playoffs and the referees. They they there's kind of this attitude of we don't want to dictate the game. We don't want to you know kind of determine the outcome with the calls. But you still have to call the game by the rules. And, and that even goes back to that call against Carter Hart that didn't happen, right? Where, where he, he freezes the puck behind the net. That's a clear penalty, a clear delay of game. They don't call it. And now you have this situation here with a vicious hit that easily could have been another five-minute penalty. And, and you just wonder... What's what goes into the decision making where that doesn't get called? Yeah, it's tough. I don't, you know, I, I will say, and I, I give Trotz a lot of credit. You don't, uh, you know, that's a tough job that the officials have. It's a tough job that the people in, in Toronto and, and the league office have to make those calls and make those decisions where you're, you know, deciding whether these guys are going to play, whether they're not going to play, and and you know what's the what's the correct term I guess for assessing a penalty like that. So uh, and a suspension. So it's it's tough. You know, I don't envy those those guys' jobs for sure. And it's I mean, and in fairness, it's very easy for us to play Monday morning quarterback and you know bitch and moan about some of these things. But at the end of the day, those guys have a tough job to do. Yeah, and also at the end of the day, even with the five minute major that they have, the Islanders didn't do anything with it. So you can even make an argument whether or not <laughs> a second one was going to do them any good. Yeah. But, I mean, it still would have been another man short for Tampa. And the bottom line is it's something that should have been, call- should have been called. Yeah. But, again, we go back to this mantra, this mentality that the Islanders have had where you can't change the past, you can't dwell on it, you just have to move forward. And that's what's helped them to be so successful throughout these playoffs. Yeah. And so here we are with, with a great chance to see them tie this series. And you know, do we do we have an update on Braden Point? Do we know if he's going to skate tonight? I we still don't know today. Yeah, he did practice yesterday. That's been pretty well publicized. He was uh, well. Well, media hasn't been allowed in those practices that are on site. Um, the NHL has put out video from practice, and Braden Point has been in both um, the practice yesterday, and I believe he's he was in video of the morning skate from the game before too. So okay, uh, it's still unclear what the roster will look like, and the same thing for the Islanders. I'm sure we're not going to know if Casey Zekas is in or out right, uh, until right. warm up start. Right, and at the very least, we do know Kalorn will be back because he has served his one-game suspension, so that will make the task a little bit tougher for the Islanders. So, Christian, are we going to be going to Barry Trotz's no, we, press conference? We can do that in a second if you want to just banter so, for Vamp for Well, no, we can go to break. 
We'll go to break real quick, and then we'll come back, and we'll get you guys the Barry Trotz press conference that's going on live right now. So, folks, I want to remind you that you can tune in live <laughs> or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the Barry Trotz press conference. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another country you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account so islander fans if your business is looking for a change from companies like spectrum verizon or optimum thai technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages just call 516-856-7800 that's 516-856-7800 or visit them on the web at thaitechnology.com that's thai t-i-e technology.com thai technology the right choice for your internet phone service when it comes to Long Island hockey swag, no one does it better than Yes Men Outfitters. The independent lifestyle brand born on the island to support the game, the team, and the players you love. If orange and blue are your team colors, visit YesMenOutfitters.com for a wide selection of themed shirts, hats, hoodies, and newly added masks and tumblers. All apparel is designed and created in-house with the same passion and dedication as your favorite team on the ice. So upgrade your wardrobe and show off your pride today by visiting YesMenOutfitters.com. And don't forget to use promo code HNINY for 15% off your order. Yes, men outfitters, stick to the system. Hope you enjoyed the ads. Now let's get back to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. And right off the top here, I wanted to let you all know that we lied. We are not going live to the Barry Trotz press conference because it's over already. <laughs> During the break, it came and went. It was short and sweet, and nobody else was available. We were hoping to get somebody else on there, but it was just Barry. He's done, so you're stuck with us. This is Sean's fault, for uh, the record. Of course it's my fault, Christian. Christian is uh, the king of blame shifters. He takes no responsibility <laughs> for anything. And uh, we'll, we'll let that slide. So... So, folks, the train rolls on. We do have an update, though, for the Islanders lineup. I just Here we go. We, right we do have a nugget, so that's, go, so that's good. Barry go Trotz ahead. did say he's considering a lineup change for Game 4. Casey Zizekas' status, we'll find out during warm-ups because, as always, Barry Trotz doesn't divulge anything uh, before a game, especially in the postseason. So, I respect it, though. I respect yeah, it. Yeah, is, is there any surprise there? No. I, I mean, <laughs> one thing we've definitely learned from this Barry Trotz era is his penchant for... Uh, for gamesmanship, and it's, it's every coach though. I, I mean, I get a kick. I'm sure there are there are, there are some people in the media who don't love it, but I do get a kick out of it, especially um, you know the creative ways that Barry yeah. Trotz has gone to to say I'm not I'm not telling you guys anything. You got to right. respect. The I game. just feel like he's a little more <laughs> guilty of it than say maybe Capuano was or even Doug Waite. You know, I feel like he's a little more secretive when it comes to that stuff. You know what the guy? The guy's got a championship ring to his to his name, and you know how many num- how many trips to the postseason. So I, I, whatever he's doing, it's working apparently. So oh, I I'll have take no that. problem yeah. with it. No problem at all. I, I th- like I got a kick out of it too. I think it's it's funny. 
you know. But oh, for sure, it's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, does, how much of, a, of an effect does it really have on Actually, the opposition? Right? Yeah. Is, is Tampa Bay like, we're like, <laughs> what are they gonna do? <laughs> you know? I actually, I actually just picture the opposing coach watching the press conference, going, "What? How am I supposed to know what to do now?" Like, <laughs> right, exactly. Is Zeke gonna be in or not? <laughs> Actually, my favorite moments are when Brian Compton is the one who asks the question, and Barry just Barry gives him the no, just the straight up no. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and no other, nothing comes after that. So yeah. I, I get a kick out of that. I think it'd be entertaining if he just, you know, put Sorokin out there for warmups, you know, one night. I don't, yeah. <laughs> Even though he can't I don't, play. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think just, they just can the actually place. do that, but it would yeah, be it's hilarious. Probably not allowed. It's probably not allowed. But either way, it's now funny. that would be the ultimate ultimate gamesmanship yeah. if I ever saw. Yeah. Let, me, let me put a guy who we all know cannot play goal right. tonight. He'll take warm Or just throw Varlamov's jersey on him. You know, give him, uh, just, just what is this, Mighty Ducks 2? That's right. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, anyway, let's get back to the serious stuff here. And just before we went to break, you know, we're talking about how tough this series has, yeah. has been, how, how tough it's going to be. And I guess let's, let's continue off that chippiness that we were talking about. And... The response that the Islanders had, you talked about Martin kind of calling out Goudreau for that hit, and that's good to see. And also Pajot, I mean, I said it on Twitter, Kucherov committed like 97 penalties on that breakaway for the empty (laughs) net. I mean, that was ridiculous. I mean, he took a hack at at his leg 17 times. I mean, and Pajot just stuck with it. He puts the puck in the net, and good for him going right at him, because I would have done the same thing. Yeah, I think most people would have. That stuff doesn't feel good. You got shin pads on, but those hacks at the legs do not feel And he was not holding back. I mean, Kucherov, that last one, he wound up on that one. It was a bit vicious. Again, you know, you're talking about it before about the the chippiness to the series and how, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning are the ones kind of leading the charge when it comes to that. Yeah. And I I think there, I'm sure, I'm sure Lightning fans would not agree with you. um, But (laughs) I think there's a a certain sense of truth behind that. And I I think that's the perfect example. I mean, you know, Pajot is going down. He's clearly going to score the goal. Kucherov at that point, there's no need. Need to actually do what he's doing. You're, you're clearly whacking him. There's going to be a penalty, I think, at some point anyway for one of the 10,000 whacks that he took at, right. at Pajot. And then that right. last one was particularly, again, particularly vicious yeah. uh, in the way that he did it. Because, you know, I don't want to say he baseball bats, bat swung him, but he gave, him a, pretty close. He, he gave him a nice little Maybe whack Maybe a golf there. swing? Yeah, a half swing, <laughs> half swing. Uh, he checked his swing there. But he, he, he was a pretty good whack, and I think that was the one that really set Pajot off. And, again, you know, he tried to play it cool during the postgame game interviews and he you know he said no it's nothing personal this that and the other but there was certainly a sense there that you know he's just had enough with that he didn't he wasn't going to take that and Pajot is a guy that certainly has not been afraid to to do that kind of thing you know we, his first game as a New York Islander he dropped the gloves to defend right. a, a new teammate that he literally played maybe 20 minutes with at that right. point so I, I mean he's not a guy that's going to take those things lightly and not stick up for himself and that's kind of again it kind of goes to the identity of the New York Islanders where um, I think for so long they were the the doormat of the league, and and I think guys, especially the ones that have been there, and um, you know, really take that to heart. And now the characters that the Islanders have brought in in the off season and, and acquisitions certainly kind of are emblematic of that as well. You know, they're not going to take that stuff lying down. No, they're not. And and another thing about it is is they've also been smart about it. They haven't been let. They haven't allowed this stuff to get under their skin, right. and I think that's kind of the strategy that that the Lightning have kind of undertaken here. Is we we know that this team has struggled when they're not playing five on five. When they're playing down a man, the penalty the penalty kill has gotten better over the course of the playoffs. But all in all, whenever they get into penalty trouble, they seem to they seem to get bitten by that. And and, and there's one specific penalty I want to talk about in the not, yeah. not too distant future, <laughs> but. 
I think the the Lightning kind of recognize that, and that's a strategy going in. The good thing is the Islanders haven't played into their hands as far as that goes. Yeah, they, the, the chippiness, you know, has has been coming in, but they they haven't been taking retaliatory, retaliatory penalties. They haven't been letting it get under the skin, and it hasn't worked. And and they've picked their spots when it is time to retaliate, yeah. like the end of the game, like Pajot, <laughs> no problems after scoring that empty net going after Kucherov Matt because it, 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 yeah, Matt Martin exactly end of the game. There's not going to be any repercussions yeah. for that. The game is in hand, and and that's the way you do it. You you, you know you bank it. You remember the number. You yeah. remember the guy. Whatever. And the they case clearly may be. did that. I mean that good the the fight with Goodrow. I mean that's the la- the third period. The Islanders had the lead. This this game I think was at that point put away a little bit. So right. they did not forget that. Uh, so I, they they're picking like you're saying. They're picking their spots and they're they're doing the right thing and they're not falling into the trap of letting Tampa Bay dictate the physicality and letting them. Um, you know, kind of push them around where that could easily throw. I mean, you you look back at the Philly series, and the, the Flyers were able to do that a little bit once they started to push the Islanders around and knock them off their game a bit. And the Islanders haven't allowed Tampa Bay to do that to the extent that had happened in the Philadelphia series. Yeah. Uh, and that's why you saw them come away with the win. And you saw them, again, weather that storm and be uh, comfortable in very uncomfortable situations, especially in the third after, after allowing those two goals uh, and the game to be tied. So... It, the Islanders are being smart, and they're not letting you know Tampa Bay dictate with their physicality, and then they're not panicking, uh, and you're, you get that sense. The only time I've ever gotten the sense the Islanders were actually panicking or they were frustrated was that first game, and I think the, the perfect example was um, um, you know, Matt Barzal whacking his stick into the glass twice. Uh, there was a couple late. of frustration whacks. But, uh, yeah, but <laughs> okay. I think that you, would not, you hadn't seen that from anybody uh, uh, you know, among the Islanders, especially even Barzal, who's – uh, you know, a little bit known to be to, to play off his emotions sometimes to right, a fault. Right. Uh, so that was the first time I really looked. I, I stopped and I went, "Wow, that's." I mean, they really must be frustrated and tired because that's just on Islander like. Yeah, they've they've definitely been able to maintain focus and discipline for the majority of these playoffs. But there was one particular instance the other night in Game Three where the Islanders are ahead three to one. And the Islanders have, have been well known to do a fantastic job in the third period, especially with the lead. And what happens early on, they take an offensive zone penalty, a needless offensive zone penalty from Jordan Eberle. And as oh, soon as yeah. that happened, I was like, what is this guy thinking? <laughs> what is he thinking? I mean, you're trying to come back into this series. You have the lead. I mean, you get beat down low behind the net. Who cares? Right. Who gives a crap? Let the guy go. He's got four other guys behind you that he's got to get through before you have to worry about whether it leads to anything, right? It, so it's, he, it was just a boneheaded play. It really was. Well, he's been guilty of that a couple of times. There's, there's been a few guys on this team. You know, I, I talk about the discipline, but there have been a few that have, have stepped out of bounds on that, and Everly's one of them. You go back through these playoffs, there's been a few a few games here where he's taken a needless penalty. Another guy I, I'll, I'll highlight on that, a low light on that, is Derek Broussard. He's taken an indus- un- undisciplined penalty here or there. And even Barzell, maybe earlier on, he's been better. But he, he, he has. And I think, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. you were, I thought you were pausing your, your train of thought. <laughs> I was taking stop. a breath. And, <laughs> um, sorry. And I think he's gotten a lot more discipline, too. Uh, I mean, uh, like you were saying, Matt Barzal, obviously, I mean, we talked about it before, going into the playoffs. He's been a guy that's been guilty of taking some of those silly penalties. And I think he's gotten away with that, and I think he's gotten to a point where, where he understands that there's a time, like, like we were saying before about the time and the place, there's a time and a place to kind of yeah. do some of that and not, not 
uh, you know, hinder your team a little bit there. Right, and, and what happened? I lost my train of thought. It's, it's fine. It's fine. We, ex- we expect little from you. So, <laughs> so, but look what happens, right? Everly takes that penalty, and there's the 3-2 goal. And then all of a sudden, not only the Islanders, but everybody in the fan base is sweating <laughs> for the next 17 minutes or whatever it was. And eventually yeah. Tampa gets the tying goal. And obviously that, that, you know, drops your shoulders a little bit. And, and, you know, I had a buddy text me right away just saying it's over. And I'm like, calm down, guy. You know? Really? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, but uh, he is, I mean, I, he is uh, the uh, ultimate pessimistic Islander fan. I'm basically his unofficial Islander therapist. I always got to walk him So is the that ledge. where we got that moniker from for the show? It certainly <laughs> play, played a part, without question. Now, without I, I, I want to ask you this because we do have the Barry Trotz audio from the press conference. I don't know if you want to hear a little bit right now. Sure, uh, Just why not? from what Barry Trotz was saying earlier and addressing the media ahead of Game 4 this afternoon. It's a 3 p.m. puck drop. This is Barry Trotz from earlier. Go for it. Let's hear. Considering some changes for sure. Um, and we'll see after warm-up what, uh, what they've got going as well. Andrew Gross, Newsday. Are, are you expecting Casey to at least take pregame warm-ups, or is that not not something you're expecting? I'm not uh, divulging anything right now. Brian Compton, NHL.com. Morning, Barry. Uh... Good morning. Sorry, go ahead, Brian. Barry, uh, if Casey is unable to play, I know you won a game without him the other night, but how greater is the challenge as the longer this goes if he's unable to go? Uh, you know, it's it's part of part of the uh, the playoff uh, run. You're going to have uh, could have people out. Uh, you know, he missed last game. We were able to win. It's a met, you have to have the next man up mentality. That's all all you can do. Uh, we have uh, now. Saw, there we go. Uh, Tampa Bay had it. Looks that like is a little bit of a retrot yeah. from earlier. So, just so no lineup information really, other than Casey Zekas will take warmups. As expected, he's not divulging anything. Right, and uh, there's some possible lineup changes. So, there you go. Really, <laughs> you know, nothing to write home about. It was right. a short press conference. Yes, yes, indeed. So, just to wrap up that point on the penalties, I've been saying it throughout the, the playoffs here, and obviously, it's it's easier said than done in practice. But the Islanders have to just continue to stay disciplined, stay out of the box because they pay. Every every mistake, whether it's taking a penalty or what have you, they, should I, they, should they I say again it. that you just don't you don't go through games not taking penalties so that they won't take penalties? like they like they did last series, right? Right. I said that and they just blatantly didn't take penalties yeah. despite I guess despite me. Well, they've I, barely I took it taken personal. any penalties. <laughs> they've barely taken any penalties this series. It's a testament to how they, how disciplined they have been. Yeah, they've been playing very disciplined. But it's, but here you go. Tampa was one for one. <laughs> yeah, right. the other night. But right? again, Tampa Bay All still takes is one taking advantage of those opportunities that they have when it comes to. Um, you know, those chances. And, it, again, it goes back to what we were saying earlier in the show. The Islanders have to make sure when they get those chances, too, they capitalize. It's not another situation where you have 38 seconds of five on three and you don't find a way to put the puck in the back of the net. It's not another situation where it's, you know, five minutes of, of major power play time and you don't find at least one way to score um, one goal in that in that span. So yeah. uh, I think game three, you saw the Islanders get back to where where you, where you they needed to be. Right. And they need, you, got them, you got them back to where – their style, and they're much more comfortable. And, again, look, I, I get it. They blew the lead in the third period. But the big, Thanks, big takeaway big takeaway from that, <laughs> yeah, right, is that they still battled back, and they found a way to win the game. And that's something they've done every series and a lot of those games. And when you look at some of the ways the Islanders have won in the playoffs this year, 
like you said, it follows that similar script where it's a you know an iffy iffy first period where you know the the, the opposing team is taking it to you for the first five ten minutes or so, and then you start to get your game going. Then you see the Islanders pick it up in the second period, and that's when they usually score. And then the third period is kind of a crapshoot. Yeah, it's kind of strange how they've almost started every game in this postseason light, slow. Yeah, right. always <laughs> out of the gate first period, just slow, and then they have to pick it up. You know, for whatever reason, it works. Though. I don't understand like the, the 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 reasoning behind it, but it works. Those are the games that they win, it, yeah, which is no, even it's more true. bizarre. It's true, and that, that was almost why it was so surprising when the when the Islanders opened up that early one nothing lead on the Matt Martin goal. Who, by the way, been I phenomenal. mean, you got to talk about Matt Martin, right? What a tremendous playoffs he's had. Everybody's been talking about the amount of goals he has in these, this postseason compared to what he usually does during the, the regular season, and you know, you, you wonder. You know what kind of Matt Martin you were going to get when he comes back. He, he, you know the the fourth line is reunited, and and obviously they really haven't lost a step. They've been playing great, particularly noticeable in this series, and another testament to the depth that this team has. Where even even when one line might not be going, another line kind of picks up the slack. And I think we saw that in this series with the fourth line, and then another line who woke up the other night. Yeah was the second line, Brock Nelson's yes, line. They got it they, into it. They they really were kinda quiet through the first couple of games in this series and and finally they, they had their coming out party in, in game three and obviously it was huge to have Brock Nelson getting the game winner. Yeah he assists on the back of the head a couple times. You're gonna that, you're gonna have a little more jump <laughs> in your stuff. Yeah he had a little fire in his belly. <laughs> but you know, look that's that's the thing though with this team is that even maybe when one line is slacking, you get another one that kind of picks it up, yeah. and, and and you get your heroes that way, right? So, so you know, a little hat tip to to Brock Nelson, to Anthony Bovillier, and Josh Bailey for kind of showing back up in this series and uh, and helping the Isles out. Absolutely, I mean that was that was huge, and I think that was the right thing for the New York Islanders. By the way, you mentioned heroes. We do have a little bit of breaking news as well. Is that from right? Blue Line Deli, no less. There's some breaking news from Blue Line Deli, and really? that is there is a new sandwich about to be put on the menu. Really? Uh, for what we got, buddy? Our friend, well, I, your friend, my acquaintance, <laughs> Brian Compton. The Is that new right? B Comp Q hero. It's a boneless barbecue ribs sandwich with pickles and onions on a hero. This is just announced four minutes ago on Twitter. Brian did not have to come down and stuff his face full of sandwiches. (laughs) I'm I'm sure he's ready to. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I guess it's a little homage to his love for the McRib. Yes. So yes. that is that the is, new that is well sandwich, and I'm pretty sure that's the Donnie's walking around the the store right now, and I'm pretty sure that's the sign that he has in his hand is the is the uh, B Comp Q. If I get that correct, I love it. So I love it. A little and, breaking and, news and from the I have Middle full Adelaide. confidence that that B Comp Q is going to be even better than the McRib at McDonald's. Now we'll see. Yeah. B Comp <laughs> will be the ultimate I don't, judge yeah, of that. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> but I have He's a the feeling. Judge. I have a feeling that Donnie and, and crew here are going to do a great job with that sandwich. Absolutely. And, and again, speaking of heroes, do we want to do a hero of the week here? Are we ready for the hero of the I'm week? I'm ready to do it when you are. Well, so. Christian, let's cue the music, folks. Right. When you hear this song, that means it's time for the hero of the week, sponsored by the Oyster Bay Brewing Company Beer of the Week, which this week. Is the raspberry hard seltzer? Nice. This raspberry flavored hard seltzer is gluten free, 4.5% alcohol by volume, and so delicious you'll keep coming back for more. And with that said, Christian, pretty sure it's your turn to go first. So the pressure's on, pal. I mean, there's no pressure. Who is your hero of the week? Well, you, you look like you're a little nervous. So. If I wasn't ready, sweat on your if brow. I wasn't ready for the hero of the week, I wouldn't have brought it. I would have said, all right, let's just end the show. 
But my hero of the week, I'm going to go against the grain a little bit because I think I know who you're going to choose. We'll see. Um, I'd be shocked if you didn't choose this person, but I'm saying Matt Martin here. Love it. I'm going to say Matt Martin. I think there's one player that really deserves a lot of credit this postseason and this playoffs is Matt Martin. Not just because, obviously, he's a physical guy. He, you know, he's one of the leaders on this team. He's he's a guy who's bleeds orange and blue, um, and he has been such a force against Tampa Bay and, and really in the playoffs as a whole. Yeah. Um, you know, he has a goal in every series for the New York Islanders, and they've all been crazy. big goals in those games. There has not been one goal where it hasn't been uh, extremely impactful on the outcome of that game or at least getting the Islanders back into a spot where they need to be. So that is why Matt Martin is my hero of the week because I think he certainly deserves the credit. Obviously, he had the goal the other day uh, that put the Islanders up front. I think that was uh, it was game two he had yes. the first goal. Yes. Uh, unfortunately for the Islanders, that, that wasn't the game winner, but still, right. it was a big goal and a big moment and certainly set the tone for the Islanders a little bit there. Um, and I think it was such a, you know, they didn't win, but it was a big momentum boost to get on the board first and get back to their game as quick as they did in that second game. Christian, I think it's a great pick, and without question, he's been having a tremendous playoffs. And, you know, putting putting the skills on display a little bit. I mean, not only potting the goals, but he's made some pretty nice passes, too. Yes, yeah. That have set up some goals, too. I think Cal Clutterbuck put it the best the other day, where... I, people just don't give him enough credit, and I, it was actually funny because Cal, um, one of the reporters asked him about you know his surpri- not surprise, but you know his reaction to Matt Martin scoring so many goals, and um, Cal kind of took a little, not offense, but he certainly had a little bit of an issue with the way the question was phrased because mm. he he thinks that, and I think it's true that Matt Martin does a lot more than people give him credit for. And I think we're seeing it now more and more oh, yeah. in the postseason. Well, Christian, it's a testament to what I've been saying on this show throughout these playoffs is if you expect to go deep, you need contributions from your depth players, from yeah. your bottom six forwards. Yeah. It's not always going to be Everly's line, uh, Barzell's line. It's not always going to be the Brock Nelson line. You're going to need guys chipping in goals like we've seen, like Pajot, like Martin, like Clutterbuck. So, I mean, that's a big part of the reason why we're looking at a Game 4 in the Eastern Conference right now that includes the New York Islanders because of the way everybody's been able to contribute down the roster. So, Christian, I like your pick for Hero Thank of you. the Week. Thank you. But, but I, I have my own Hero of the Week. I figured as much. And I'm going back to Brock. There we go. That's back fine. to Brock Nelson. You know, we, we talked about the, the, the beating <laughs> that he took in Game 2. His head, anyway. The, the beating his head <laughs> yeah, took right. in Game 2. And he comes back in Game 3, as I highlighted before, uh, a huge outing from his line in Game 3. He assists, he assists on Bovillier's big goal, and he ends up getting the game winner that's also assisted by Bovillier to, to close the game out with, what, about 4.25 to go or something? Like, maybe under 4 minutes? Yeah, it was under like, 4 minutes. Under 4 yeah, I think minutes it was 3-something at that point. There you go. So huge game-winning goal from Brock. He was my hero of the week last week. I'm going with him again. And, look, he's, he's really turning out to be a clutch performer for this New York Islander squad. Yeah, absolutely. His name has been coming up a lot in these playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, he, you know, we've seen what he can do during the regular season. He's, he's scored his share of big goals during the regular season without question. But we're really seeing the type of clutch player he is now in the playoffs here. Absolutely. And there's a reason why when I did, uh, you know, three X factors for this series going into it for NYIHockeyNow.com, there is a reason why Brock Nelson was one of those X-Factors because he's certainly made his presence known, and that whole third line has between Anthony Beauvillier, Josh Bailey, and Brock Nelson. But even more so now, especially in this series, Brock Nelson has made his presence felt. 
Without a doubt, without a doubt. So look, you, you gotta you know look at guys like that to to continue to step up and and look. Today's gonna be a tough game, just like they all are, yep. and especially if points back in the lineup. That's <laughs> that's gonna be a lot to handle. And you know it's funny you almost forget that Stamkos just hasn't been a factor because he's been out. Yeah. But just imagine the the tall order this oh. would be if they had Stamkos as well. Yeah, it'd be it'd be even even more challenging than it already is. It's uh, it's. A good thing that the Islanders, that's not one thing the Islanders have to worry about at the moment. Yeah, I'd say that's beneficial to their cause, yeah. for, for sure, for sure. But uh, one thing I do want to talk about before we wrap this thing up, and, and it was mentioned uh, when Shannon came on, was Lou Lamarillo winning the GM of the Year honors. I wanted to talk with you a little bit about that, and I think it's well-deserved. However, I did not expect it. I didn't see it coming. I was a little surprised. That that's the way it went, not to take anything away, not to say again, I don't think he deserves it, but uh, a pleasant surprise for me, seeing him recognized for General Manager of the Year. Yeah, I, I mean, I think this year it made more sense than, than I know people were complaining last year that he wasn't nominated or he wasn't, he wasn't a finalist. Or whatever right, right. I forget exactly where, where he finished and all that. But I think last year, when you look at the roster that the Islanders had, it really wasn't much changes. Lou Emerald added yeah. Matt Martin. And, and just a, couple a quick little note pieces. on that. Yeah, sorry. I'm pretty sure that, like, a, a, an unspoken prerequisite for getting nominated for the GM of the year is you have to make the, the, the conference finals. I, I feel I, like, I feel <laughs> like they're, the nominees are always three conference general finals. Man, yes, yeah. always. So that might be one of the sole reasons, really. <laughs> why he didn't get nominated last year. No, I'm not but, even joking. Uh, but right? uh, you know what? I would say it wasn't even as warranted as it was this year. Last year, like I was getting it, last year there really weren't many changes. It was the existing roster, and then you had Barry Trotz come in, and that was, I think, the biggest the biggest change. Of this course. year, Lou Lamarill really put his stamp on the New York Islanders. He goes out, um, you know, Semyon Varlamov is his son. Yep. That's, a, that's a guy yep. that his staff liked. Yep. They go out and they trade for J.G. Pajot and um, Andy, Andy Green. Green. Those are moves that he made and he deemed necessary for the Derek New York Derek Broussard also. Derek Broussard joining the, uh, during the organization. So this is a team that really has the Lou Lamarillo stamp um, using the baseline that you have the roster from, you know, the lineup from, from guys that were drafted by Garth Snow in, Absolutely. in previous administrations. I know you I know people don't like the idea that Garth Snow has had some hand in this, but he's had the, a huge hand the in this. The guy, I'm not, I mean, I'm, Send your complaints to Sean. You can follow him on no, Twitter. No, I mean, at look, you just got Johnny Hockey. Hey, you got to call it like you see it. There's no question. Look at all these guys on this roster. Yeah. Who were they drafted by? I'm not answering Garth that Snow. question. I'm they were drafted defending. by Garth Snow. I'm not getting. I'm not. I'm not getting involved Listen, in this conversation. There's no need to fear the <laughs> fan base here, buddy. We're just we're just speaking truths. We're just speaking that. truths. All right. Josh Bailey, Brock Nelson. Sean's car is the orange one in the parking lot. <laughs> Ryan Bullock. If you want to smash on down the, window, the line, look. Look, here's the, here's the deal, okay? <laughs> Garth Snow laid the foundation with the players that he drafted, yeah. even some of the acquisitions that he made. He made some savvy moves as well. I mean, look, Matt Barzell is a New York Islander thanks to a huge move that he made at the draft again. Well, that, that and uh, I mean, how do the you incompetency not, of, uh, what was Pe- it, Pete Pichirelli yeah. for, not, for not drafting oh, yeah, Matt no, Barzell we, not we once but th- twice. We still send thanks to Pete for that one. Did you see he, his name popped up in another general manager? Uh, p- yeah, I think down in Florida, right? Yeah, before they hired someone, right? Um, yeah, but the look. fact that his name continues to pop like that, well, like take a lot, take certain. He's gotten a lot of credit for the the year you know Boston, Boston had when they won, yeah, yeah, won the yeah. cup, but certainly I think that's worn out its welcome as far as the, the credence that that you have well, when you look at the the success of the teams he's one, he's managed. One thing we've seen throughout this league is the recycling. Oh yeah, for sure of personnel, both in the general managing ranks and the coaching ranks, and of course, yes. 
you, you do see eventually some guys getting a crack. You know, a new guy comes, and that always yeah. happens. But, yeah, every now and then you get that head scratcher where it's like, you know, isn't it time to move on from a guy like that from what he did? But sure, yeah. You know, it's kind of it's kind of like what do they call it? Like the old boys club or whatever yeah. it is, uh, right? Exactly, that's exactly what they call it. But to to the point you were making before, where this whole conversation started, Lou Lamarillo is certainly deserving of it this year. Um, oh yeah! If he was going to win it, this was the year because you know, getting getting a team to their their first Eastern Conference Final in 27 years, the longest NHL drought of a team getting to the conference finals. Um, you know, I think that that means a lot, and I think that certainly speaks volumes to the way he's been able to put together this roster. Yeah, and this is was the point I was trying to make was that Garth Snow laid a solid foundation, and and it's Lou Lamarillo who kind of took it to the next level, almost to the top, if you will. Uh, that's still TBD, depending on what right, happens the right. remainder of these playoffs. But I just think we saw a, a, a very stark contrast in the way an organization is run. Yes. As far as professionalism, as far as expectations, and I think that is is kind of the unspoken thing here for Lou Lamarillo. I mean, it's not just roster moves. It's not just signing a free agent, not just making a trade. It's the culture that you create within the franchise, inside the locker room, and obviously Barry Trotz has had a lot to do with that too. But I think that's really where Lamarillo gets the credit, is that in a very short term, and also you have to give credit to the owners as well, for, oh, yeah. for hiring the man <laughs> and also for, for fronting all this money for, you know, signing Barry Trotz and, and, and all the players and having a, you know, a cap team. Having a cap, yep. you know, they're up against the cap. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be that'll that's be interesting be comfort conversations. Very we're have in the interesting waters yeah. to navigate when we get there. Yeah. But again, he's just turned this into a, a, a respected professional organization. In, in short order, and, and I do believe it's taking the media a little longer to come around and recognize this because of the way the Islanders are looked at. Like you kind of said, going into these series, they seem to very easily be chosen to be knocked out. I mean, remember, I remember a lot of people saying the Panthers were going to knock them out. Yes. Where'd that yeah. get them? Yeah. Look, They're in the conference finals now. Look, the, I think if you're not following, and, and I think every team has this issue with, with, with the national media that drops in and covers them, is that you, you, there are finer points to these organizations that people don't understand. Well, look, and I think that once you're around them a little bit, you start to well, see it more Well, speaking of the, you know what, I have a little bit of a rant to go on now because oh, I was just boy. reminded of something. And you know what, you can kind of take a step to the sideline if you want on this, but there's somebody I have to call out. And there was a recent piece in The Athletic uh-huh. from Scott Burnside. Going to go over here now. Yeah, and he, he basically went throughout the league and started discussing their needs in the offseason. And he says the Islanders need a goalie, and he says the Islanders need defense. Does, does he even look at the roster? Does he even know about Ilya Sorokin? Does he not know that he is obviously going to come in and take over for Thomas Grice? And he talks about the fact that Thomas Grice is leaving and that they yeah. have to find a guy to replace him. Well, I mean, I mean I think he writes for the Athletic. I, uh, I just don't <laughs> understand. And, and, and I, you know, I looked at the comments and I see, see fans of other, other you know, teams mm. saying, you know, what is this guy talking about? And, you know, you talk about the disrespect that the Islanders get in the media. I mean, I look no further than that. I mean, how does that get published? I don't understand it. Completely off the mark. And again, Christian, if you don't want to, if you don't want to come in on this, that's fine. But I just feel like I kind of have to throw it out there for the Islander <laughs> fan base because you know this is the sort of stuff that they're reading with the with the national hockey media coverage, and it's completely off the mark. Yeah, I mean, I think there are, there are a lot of guys who are, are I don't want to say seeing the light, but certainly starting to recognize that the you know the situation has certainly changed in Long and on Long Island and with the New York Islanders. So. Um, sometimes it takes people a longer time to come around than others. I think that the <laughs> Islanders certainly have put themselves in a great spot now 
Uh, like like you said before, they are going to be in an interesting situation next year and, and come the offseason they right. try and maneuver the the cap that didn't go up. And I think obviously every team is going to have to figure that out in one way or the other because of the whole the pandemic. But look, the Islanders are a win-now team. There's a reason why... Right. We're talking about them potentially winning, you know, going to the Stanley Cup Finals, and and you know maybe even pulling pulling off probably one of the greatest surprises in hockey history as far as yeah. everyone else who's looked at this team and said, oh, they're not going to go that far. So right. um, I think that's why again it takes some time for some people to find the light, and you know whether that's whether it's correct or that story is incorrect or you know whatever the case may be. Sure. It's, uh, it's you subjective. know everyone everyone uh, you know has a different viewpoint. <laughs> well said, Christian. <laughs> Very diplomatically dance, yeah. well said. Well, well, and at the end of the day, congratulations to Lou Lemerlo. Right, exactly. Yeah, I don't know how we got to this point. Uh, if you're looking for great Islanders coverage, of course, go to nyhockeynow.com <laughs> and, and follow our program every week, Hockey Night yes. New York. Uh, you can listen live, hockeynightny.com. I, I guess I have the pulse. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the pulse enough to be invited down to the preview club on Monday to watch the game there. I'll, yeah, guess, did you so. want to talk about that a little bit? I mean, like, it, you can check out the story. We, we looked at, uh, you know, what's going to come with U, UBS Arena. I almost keep saying USB Arena. I'm going to say I'm going to Write it man. one time it in the sense. story by accident. It's going to be USB. Come on down it. to the port. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but the facility looks great. The what the what the Islanders franchise and the ownership has done with that arena and what their plans are for that place are going to be top notch. And I think Islander fans are going to feel right at home. And I think that was the the biggest takeaway. And, and you saw it in the story was that this is a, a, an arena built for Islander fans with the input of the players, the fan base. Um, that's really focused on hockey, and of course, music is the other big thing that they focused on. Too, right, right. With like 150 dates that they have to fill, hockey's only going to be 41 plus. You know how many ever you have in the playoffs. So um, there's a certain there's certainly an emphasis on that, and it's going to be a, a beautiful facility. And, and then Friday, watching Game Three a little bit at Offside Tavern uh, in New York City to take in some of their last days and do a story on that. Yes, um, certainly you could feel the energy there and. Um, what th- makes this this fan base so special and so unique about the way they support? You know, we're here at Blue Line Deli, and we've been here for now a little longer than an hour on the air. Um, you know, longer than that when we got here to set up, and it's just been an endless stream of people coming in and out with Islander jerseys, Islander hats. You know, people here to support a, a, you know a fellow Islander fan in their business, and we've you know we've talked to people uh, you know on social media, we've seen it on social media, we've seen it. Uh, in person where people come down and come support these businesses from across Long Island. I mean, you know, Huntington is not an easy place to get to if you're living in Long Beach or you're living in, you know, Riverhead right. or somewhere else. And you've seen people making the trip and making the trek. And um, Oyster Bay, the same thing. Um, so I think that's what really has made this fan base unique and special is that you have people that go out of their way to support these businesses, support their fellow fans. And I think offside, on, you know, the unfortunate situation that the pandemic has put it in, um, it's a major loss for the for the fan base. Oh, yeah, it's And crushing. you could sense that. But crushing. they certainly were there. You know, they put out uh, a post yesterday that they are booked for the rest of the Eastern Conference Finals. So, you know, fans are still there. Fans are, are going there and, and supporting it even through the last days. So I think, I think it really goes to say how – you know, say how special and unique this fan base is compared to a lot of other fan bases, and not only in hockey but in pro sports in general. No, it's 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 extremely passionate. It's a great thing to be a part of. I mean, I just love the fact that we have our mediums here. I mean, you have even more than one, but the fact that you know we have this a big show deal, here. I know. <laughs> let's not get carried away, but <laughs> you know we have this medium here where it, it puts us right in the middle of it, and. You know, it's just it's just great to be a part of, especially now that we're seeing some, you know, success that this fan base has not seen in a very long time. I've I've ranted about it here on the show, yeah. and it's just great to see not only you know 
you know, people from my own walk of the fan base as far as my timing and my generation, right. but even the past generation to see, you know, dynasty fans that are now kind of seeing a, a resurgence here and, and probably haven't had a reason to cheer as much as they did yeah. for a very long time. And, and even the younger fans, you know, uh, you know, good on them for missing the dark years. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, congratulations <laughs> that you've, you've missed the 90s. But, you know, but again, it's been a it's not sl- like the 2000s were much better when you look no, back at no, the team's history. But at least they had something. They had they had the Yashin teams that went to the playoffs three years in a row. You know, you had some blips on the radar there yeah. in, you know, two thousand six and even the the exciting series against the Penguins in twenty thirteen right, yep. in the shortened series. I mean, that was a lot of fun too. So they've had a little bit of success, you know, but it's just great that now all of those generations of fans are coming together to see this team, you know, under this new ownership, under this new management, under this under the best coach in the National Hockey League yes. coming together for for what looks like a very promising run in the playoffs that is not over <laughs> because we're going we're gonna to see a 2-2 tie after today as far as I'm concerned. It's a bold prediction. Listen, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. 2-2. Donnie and I are really 1-0 wasn't that bro- watching the game here at Blue Line Deli Bagel, so we're going to do it again. I, 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 have a I feeling we're gonna do have a bone to pick with Donnie now that B-Comp just got a sandwich. Sean and I came here. We <laughs> stuffed our faces. Right, there's no challenge. Com- <laughs> uh, you should make him come down and eat three of those at this table. I think that's a great I'll come idea. and watch and film it. We'll film it. Yeah, yeah sure. He couldn't. He couldn't. He's old. <laughs> Becomes old. He's not gonna. He's not gonna be able to get down here without a walker and. Oh, you know. that's terrible. That's awful. So, but it's, but to, the sandwich does look good. I'm. I'm very excited to try they, it. They do great stuff here, pal. Yeah. What do you expect? I mean, the ho- so we, I walked in before before we were setting up. Someone was ordering two hockey night in New York, so I was very right? very excited. I didn't want to say anything, I but I was, I was like, that's, that's, that's a good choice. That's, that's a good choice. Hey, you can't go wrong, whether it's that, the White Whale, and every you know, 15, 16 other sandwiches up on the menu yeah, I'm looking right. at right now. I mean, just great stuff. But to, to wrap that point, and Donnie has been a huge part of it, too, uh, is, again, just a, it's, it's just a great thing to be a part of this whole fan base and, and, and how everybody's coming together. And uh, so, and just want to thank Donnie and, and the Blue Line Deli for hosting us here again today. Um, you know, tremendous stuff to be here and, and seeing all those fans coming in, like you mentioned. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just great stuff. So I think with that, Christian, we can wrap. Yes, that's it. Great show. Well, folks, once again, want to thank you for tuning in for this special pregame edition of Hockey Night in New York. Huge thanks to Shannon Hogan of MSG Network for joining us today. Huge thanks to Oyster Bay Brewing Company for presenting the show today. They are the creator of the Barn Rocker Session Ale and official partner of the New York Islanders. Remember, you can order their great beers, brewery, and Barn Rocker merchandise at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or shipping anywhere in New York. And you can get 15% off with coupon code H-N-I-N-Y. Once again, huge thanks to Donnie and the Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Head on down for fantastic food, even better service, and a great group of Islander fans. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com, and make sure you try the new Hockey Night in New York like we were talking about just before. And last but not least, a big thanks to our sponsor, Thai Technology, a voice-over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at TieTechnology.com. That's T-I-E Technology.com for all your telecom needs. Or give them a call at 516-856-7800. And a big thanks to you, the listeners, for tuning in at Hockey Night New York. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We're going to watch Game 4. Let's see a 2-2 tie for Christian Arnold. My name is Sean Cuthbert. Have yourselves a great rest of your day.